0: Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Kapp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding, and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Hello, and welcome to Past Yet Present. You know, let's talk about channeling. What is channeling? What is it exactly? Everybody wants to do it. If you're listening to this, you probably are doing it already. You probably are doing it just fine and looking for the affirmation that you're doing it just fine. We all channel, we all channel. And it's so interesting because when you think about our loved ones who are going back into the spiritual realm, going back out of body, what need for they for words? Think about it. One of the things that I channeled in, it happened actually when I was writing or attempting to write um, my book that's out there, Love is Greater Than Pain. I was really verbose and tripping over myself and getting in my own way. And and I had something channel in that energy is your primary language. Well, the minute I heard that, I got out of my own way. And I actually remembered that as a kid, I never liked labels. I never liked, always oh, a teacher, always a carpenter, always this or that. That's one definition. But I, I would just look at the person and go, really? That word? And I never much liked my names. My name as well is like, really? That word is supposed to conjure up who we are and and when i realize that the language is energy and that we come into this experience into the human form with our memory of full communication out there and our memory of full communication to people who are here how many people when getting ready to receive an entity into their family whether they're getting pregnant maybe they feel the entity before conception maybe they feel the entity at or after conception And lots of mamas sing and and are already communicating. You know it's really lovely. No matter how a baby comes in, they know how they're coming. Do you know that I've heard so many times that people who are about to become mamas will find themselves singing and the soul of their child coming in, even if they're going through a surrogate or somebody else who's going to put them out there and let them go to the place that... They have designed for themselves, which might be with the mama who's who's singing to them in real time. The souls are connected, of course. The souls know where they're going. We don't have to worry about that. And for all our doggies and kitties and birdies and the animals that we have a domestic life with and even a not-so-domestic life with. Our daughter works at the zoo and we hear all these lovely stories about non-domestic animals. The soul communicates just like the animals, just like, it's really funny. <laughs> I'm channeling and I'm hoping I'm going in some direction, but they keep throwing, there are kids all around me and they keep throwing things in. One one kid who's right here next to me saying, "You do you know, do you know that cats only learn how to meow because we talk to them? I mean, they'll hiss at each other and they'll chirp to try and catch birds maybe, but they don't meow at each other to communicate. They do that because of us. We come in, and we want to communicate with each other, and isn't that a wonderful, wonderful thing? But think about it. A baby comes in. How do we communicate with that baby? Our voice goes up, and, ooh, how cute, and all that stuff, and they're reacting, and they're forming. If you watch babies' mouths, if we say, oh, they'll put their little mouth in an oh, and they'll start repeating sounds, and isn't that a wonderful time when they're developing? And yet think about the communication that's going back and forth. The love, the intention. If you just relax, they'll put visions in your mind, and you can see pictures in your mind that they'll pick up. You see, when somebody is carrying a baby, whether it's through a surrogate, through somewhere else, even if you're not even conscious they're coming to you, your soul knows what's going on. All of that communication, all of that feels emotional all of it is waves of energy. And it's not transcribed, translated, and put into words, because that's something we love to do with our brains, so we can communicate with each other. It's a beautiful, beautiful system. But if we limit our perception to, well, I'm not channeling because I don't get words, we're going to miss the whole scenario. So a baby comes in and are you going to say you know that soul and you recognize that baby or maybe you don't and it's like, oh, that face, that's beyond words, isn't it? When somebody goes back out of body, ooh, they don't need to rely on. They don't need to worry about getting it right. I, I understand now, and I know I've mentioned this before, from the time I was a kid and I first heard the word, malaprop was my favorite word, all-time favorite word. You know Why? If it's energy, if it's emotion, if it's the light coming through you and then going out of you, like all of us. I'm not, I'm not any different than anyone else. I, I practice it. I play with it like piano. You bang at it long enough, you're going to get a little better at it. But all of us have those parts to do it. All of us have the birthright of remembering. Yes, we do. How to communicate without words. How many times have you smiled at someone? and you see them light up. How many times did somebody just look at you or say, hey, and your day changes? Energy, love, all of that, waves and waves and waves of energy. And that is our primary communication. So when somebody goes back out of body, we're sitting here thinking, I wanna hear those words. I wanna hear, well, they're coming in in waves and in hugs and in emotion. How many times do I hear, oh, you've reacted to me so many times? And the person in body I'm channeling for will say, what? I I don't remember any of that. And they'll say, oh, yes, yes, yes. I came and hugged you, and you stopped, and you caught your breath. And a couple of times, you started to cry. And the person will say, well, I just thought I was thinking about them or having a memory. And the person out of body laughs and says, well, maybe your memory is what triggered me to come along and hug you. But most likely, my hug triggered you to have the memory. Beyond words, beyond the mind deciphering what it is. Now, I channel words, and what I've learned over the course of many years is that the words are a distraction, just like right now for you, if you'd like. And they had me say it exactly that way. Because the words can be just this little magic carpet, and I don't know how old you are, but I hear that song, you know, Come with me and a magic carpet ride goes right through my head. The carpet is always there to take you. So I'm hearing some mamas out there, some grandmas, who are hanging out with their kids and they're like, Well, I'm not getting it right. I'm not, I I know I should hear her. She's a good communicator. I'm not, you know. Well, you know what? Even if grandma or your mom was a really good communicator, or your kid was a really good communicator, they'll use those words to get through because we we deal in words. But in your intimate time, when you're just lying there and you feel like, oh, I need mom now, or your kid is snuggling up against you, you know that's beyond words. Your mind will say, well, what is it they had to say? Well, you know, let let that be, you know, just one aspect, because the essence, the feeling that you know well And that you knew well before your loved ones even came in, in a lot of situations. And when they go out, they go back to the purity of that communication, using words as needed. Now back to, with me, sometimes I'll hear full sentences and I'll just, you know, repeat. It's less of that these days. Basically, it's a combination of, of waves, energetic waves where I'll feel tingling or, you know, I'll, I'll feel energetics. The, most of the communication comes in energetic waves of discernment. One way I describe it is if I get a little karate chop to the neck. If it's on the right hand side, you know, first we have to discern quickly, and they'll help me with it. Um, is it was is he talking about somebody being a pain in the neck? Was he a pain in the neck? Was there an injury in the neck? Are the lymph nodes swollen? Is the thyroid okay? What's going on? But the body is what's translating quickly as they lay it out because words. And all little kids remember that right at that age, the words slow us down. Who hasn't been around a little kid when they're trying to? It's one of the most exciting times, I think, in kid development. When they start telling you they're they're using words, and, you know, of course, they've been repeating a little bit. All of a sudden, you heard a word. You hear something, what happened yesterday or last week. Maybe you went to the zoo, and you hear a word that connects with that. So you know they're sharing something that's in you and not just, you know, not just, but not mimicking, not just going with what's in front of them. Such an exciting time. But if you watch them, they'll start stuttering. It's like, ah, ah, and, and trying to get it out, trying to get it out. It's like Because the thoughts and the energy behind it, the, the words can't, they can't, they can't. There's no other, they just can't. And as we grow, we learn to accommodate that and we make sure our words can. By eighth, ninth grade, we're making sure our words are appropriate in school, at home. Use your library voice. Use your, you know. Hopefully, they're going easier on kids than when us oldsters were kids. But you know, you learn to be appropriate with your words. You know, it's interesting. um, Social media. There are all these cute little things on whatever venues where you see little short things, and you see these things where a kid is looking around for the parent in the audience, and they don't see them, and all of a sudden. (gasps) And the energy, it's just like flashes or somebody who's been away for a long time and they're wrapped up in a box and the kid opens it up or the wife opens it up. Ah, there they are. It's beyond words. What's that energy? Most of it. Think of hugs. Think of all of that. Your kids, your, your significant others, <laughs> they're laughing out there. Even your insignificant others, they're laughing. It's your grandparents, they know how to hug you. If they weren't huggy. They have been going through a life review where they're finding out why they were withholding. Were they withholding because they didn't want to hug you? No. Ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of people, patterns that were instilled when they were children as they're learning words because their energy flows and they bring mama a flower and mama ain't so good right now or maybe there's trouble in paradise or maybe there are financial issues. And there's transference, and a kid gets a different mirror back than what he's putting out or she's putting out or they're putting out. And all of a sudden, the gut instinct is suppressed. And all of a sudden, the heart is hurting. Tiny age, what do you say? What can I say? What can I say? What can I say? So the kid might sneak up on mama and just like, you know, maybe get angry and hide. Or maybe reach out and become the accommodator. Oh, let's make mama happy. Mama's sad about that. Let's make mama happy. Happens a lot, especially if there's somebody, a loved one, who goes out of body. Let's make them happy. Can't talk about it, can't talk about it. We know we can't. What do we do? A hug, a hand on top. All of our biggest communication is energy. So when I hear people say, Gee, you know, I don't channel because I'm not getting words. I hear everyone out of body dancing to everyone. Everyone who's gathered around, everyone there's there's quite a crowd. But um, there's a lot of everyone's out there. But I hear the rejoicing. It's energy. It's expansion. Get it through the mind that the mind doesn't have to track it with the words. And, you know, I'm realizing in real time as I'm talking and channeling and hearing them that even I did that when I was channeling. I would try and track it. Let's make sure it makes sense. Um, If you channel with me these days, you know, I go way off track. Once in a while, I'll say, hey, is this making sense? Because I can't track it, and it's not my job. The people out there are doing it, and so what happens is I'll be mid-sentence, and words are gone, waves and waves and waves. Then, okay, the person switched back to their uh, most comfortable way of communicating with the people they're most comfortable with out of body. So my job is to be the conduit, because the waves of love and energy, you you think you need me, you don't, it's happening for you all the time. I get the honor of discernment, I get the honor of being a witness, oh my god, I can cry just at the idea of it, but you own this with all your heart, you own this. When you allow the mind to relax and know that the love coming in and the love going out, it wasn't about words. It was never about words. When people talk about the ease with which they went out of body, if they're having a more conscious transition with loved ones around them, they'll talk about the words they waited for sometimes. Sometimes they'll talk about, oh, so-and-so needed to say that, so they'll feel better the rest of their lives. And it's funny because the person who's lying there and getting ready to transition, maybe they don't need it, but they need their loved one, maybe especially a kid to release themselves some angst from the gut. So they'll hold on with all your heart waiting for the words. You think they need the words? Nine out of ten times they don't. They want to still be the parent or attempt to be conscious, maybe in ways they hadn't before, to accommodate the need of the child. Because as they're getting ready to transition, they're understanding the spiritual needs beyond the words, but maybe their own kids need for the use the use of the words so that they can then allow the emotion. Sometimes the emotion is just so hard we need the words as a crutch. Isn't that funny when we think usually that the words are our main means of communication? Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're what we use in exchange for just holding the energy. But what I hear from people who are out of <laughs> out of body who had the blessing of conscious people around them, or even scared people around them, but conscious enough to know that their presence is important. And sometimes even, I'm saying to add, sometimes people who knew that their loved one loves them too much to leave while they're in the room, so they go out of the room and lean against the wall or go home and sit and, and feel. It's energy. It's all energy. Once, you know, if they're waiting for words, it's for us. But if you sit there... Just being and holding the space. What does it mean, holding the space? Presence. It doesn't mean doing anything. It's interesting because our death doula who came to speak, Iman Hamid, was talking about just being present. He talks about the simplicity of it. We think we have to know so much. We don't, I mean, it's good to know shit, (laughs) <laughs> got to edit that out huh it's good to know a whole lot of okay now i get it there's a whole crowd of kids laughing and laughing and laughing i happen to personally have the only gutter mouth in and my immediate family and um these kids think it's a riot so uh, i don't know maybe they'll let us leave it in at any rate it's a laugh because it's not about perfection it's not about getting it right and um oh apparently i was supposed to do that on purpose because um, a certain young woman is showing up. I channeled her. Oh, my goodness, it goes back well over 20 years. Um, her grandmother came to hear from her. She had been involved in gang life, and it had been a boyfriend ended up in a, in a fit of passion, you know, whatever. So she's out of body, and here's this lovely grandma, and I'm hearing words, and again, this goes back many years when I didn't know I, I really can't be censoring this stuff. I hear her and I'm trying to change the words so that, you know, oh, she was this and she was that. And the, and the grandma's looking at me kind of like, oh, yeah. And, and the granddaughter just looked at me and said, will you just repeat what I'm saying? And I let out with some expletives that even I didn't know. And her grandmother grabbed her chest and yelled, that's my baby. So you know what? Words are very, very powerful, how we use them. And sometimes the roughest words can be the sweetest valentines, huh? depending on how they're used. But we're talking about beyond words. Going back to why the word malaprop was always my favorite word, it's kind of funny because, you know, I malaprop all the time. One time I, I wanted to thank a friend and, and I said, thank you for being so efficient. That's what was in my brain. And it came out as, thank you for taking care of my fish. Um, you know, I've had a little brain injury stuff here and there too. But isn't it isn't it really funny that it feels to me that when we malaprop, it's the more honest thing that comes out. But part of the reason I really like the word malaprop is how can words convey? And I think this is my soul really feeling this. And I think you might resonate with this. Maybe, you know, how can a word convey? How can it? If you're listening to this, you might be in a position where you're You're grieving, and your mind can't comprehend what's going on with your life. Is there a word that you can actually, oh, they're in grief right now? Really? Really? Does that convey anything? Well, it does, because these words are triggers, because we remember, when we hear the word grief, the empathic part of inside us, oh, oh, we know what, we know what grief is. And, and if it's something that we've been through, you know, if it's, oh, if it's your mom and, and my mom, I've been through that and maybe I can relate and maybe I can help in some way. Sometimes it feels as though kids are showing, ah, whole group is right here. Sometimes when their parents are meeting other people who have a child out of body, and they've gotten to meet each other because if these parents are coming together, it's really funny. When parents come together at Helping Parents Heal Convention or or at meetings or at Compassionate Friends or any of these support groups, the kids come along. And let me tell you, there are a lot of romances sparked and a lot of mischievous friend friendships. And we make friendships, you know, and, and so if somebody is out there making friends with someone and you get together with them, the kids get together again. And then they have their own relationship. And it's really, really lovely now. It's interesting because my brain is going back to what was it that we were talking about? And they're having me do that to tell you, this is what our brain likes to do. I'm talking on a podcast. I want to make sense. I don't want you to say, what is, what? what, But here's what's going on. There are a whole bunch of kids talking here. There are, I'm, I'm narrating. And we're using words take a deep breath. Let your shoulders fall back. Let's do our little protection mantra because do you need it? You're protected, but it aligns you with your intention and also opens you up to allow the higher frequencies to come in and it offers the protection. Are there darker frequencies that are going to try and grab you like in movies? No. No, I mean, it hasn't been in my experience, but on the other hand, I say the mantra. So (laughs) it's nice to have that intention, whether you say a mantra or not. Again, what you're seeking is the continuing love and collaboration. A lot of grief is, where do we put all this love? And once we understand that our out-of-body loved ones are hungry for it, and when you send it, Does that pull you out of body or take you away from the real world? No, 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 because it's the real and tangible, visceral, physical world that literally raises the vibration, literally raises it up so that you can communicate with them more fully. Isn't that the coolest recipe? Isn't it just when you think, I'm never going to laugh again because it's an affront to them, they report that your laughter is mana, it's heaven, it's, it's music to our ears, because we love you and we want you to be happy, but it literally, literally raises your vibration so we can get through. So deciding that you're going to keep your energy low, it is energy, that you're going to suppress it for a really long time, because if they can't laugh, I can't laugh. If they can't have, I can't have. When we're starving ourselves on the earth plane, we're starving them because we're keeping our vibrations so low and they're working so hard to come through to us. Now, how does this fit in what we're talking about? They're coming through in dreams. They're coming through in signs. They're coming through in music. They're coming through mostly in ways that do not involve words. And when you're grieving... Your energy has to be low. It's part of the healing. It's like you just got a, you know pummeled. Literally, if you're on a magic carpet of learning, what there, that carpet also, and, and I know I've mentioned this before, when my mother went out of body, as expected as it was, and, and she was no longer suffering, and I knew, oh, sure, out of body, she'll be fine. Not only could I not channel her, I could feel her, I could not channel any words, not for over a year, because I was grieving could channel for other people. You see how it works? Because when we're grieving for the ones we love, we have to go through that process of literally having it go through our body and letting it go through us. Now, therapy and talking and sharing, man, that's the best, right? But sometimes we can talk ourselves right out of our emotions. Oh, I talked all about it, so I get it, I get it. Yeah, the mind can get it. You know how many times they advise adults as well as kids to watch one of these movies where, you know, if it's the animal kingdom, they kill off the mama, they're, you know, the mayhem. Look at these movies for kids. Again, it always comes in. There's a reason fairy tales are grim. It's to allow connection with the pain and release it. So a kid is watching the movie, a grown-up is watching, anybody is watching one of these movies, and we got caught up and we cry. And it helps us release all the stuff that we didn't feel it was appropriate to cry about because, and for some of us, and hopefully this is something that the new generation doesn't get much of, but I heard a whole lot of don't cry or we'll give you something to cry about. And I remember looking at the adults saying that and thinking, do you not see what's in front of your eyes? Do you not understand? Do you think I'm doing this because I'm happy? You're just too defended. I didn't know the word defended. Again, At that point, it wasn't words. I looked at them and knew that they didn't understand. And I also knew that it implied, and and not necessarily, but it was like, give you something to cry about? It must be very bad then to have an emotion, huh? I'm crying. If I don't stop, I'm gonna have a a, a damn good reason. How very strange. And you know, when we're out of body and looking at this, when we're looking at the life review, this is what's reported in. I was so upset. Why didn't I hug you? Why didn't I say it? Why didn't I say it? And then they show us what happened when we were kids, how we were trained, how the mind was trained. And so the mind works in words, the mind le- loves words. Again, once I realized the energy, the energy behind the words, driving the words, And letting go of the words so that I could focus on the energy itself and gave that top credence, gave that the top spot. Then the words came more easily because I wasn't at war with them. I knew that they were magical and wonderful and carried the story and could help somebody feel. But it's not the words themselves. We use the words as a tool. And how often do we get trapped with the tool of, well, I saw a sign or I found this. and I All oh, these things are powerful. There are a lot of tools we can use. And there are a lot of tools out there they can use. But it's the power of love. It's the power of energy and it's love. And even if you had problems, even if you think they were mad at you or you know they were mad at you or you were mad at them, the life review happens, and people are processing, and people are sorting it out. And, oh, my God, so many times it's like, you think I'm worried about that? It was a pattern I didn't know existed. And usually so much of the irritation for kids who are left, especially when a parent goes out, is that they feel so, so badly and they're carrying the pattern that they don't like themselves. And what happens is the parent is out there. We've talked about this. And as they become more clear on the pattern, they're helping us to do it. Are they lecturing us and signing you know, a, a document on, and dotting the I's and crossing the T's? No. They're hugging us when they need it. When we have a knee-jerk reaction that really isn't our own nature, but it was it's learned behavior, they'll hug us. And they'll gently turn us in another direction that's more aligned with our own soul's reaction rather than the learned behavior. That's not words. That's love. That's energy. And energy is really powerful. So let's talk about words. Different words for different people. There are lots of words for love, but it's an energetic wave, depth beyond the words. It's different for different people. I use words to share or interpret for other people. If you're doing that and sharing for somebody else, you might want those words. But if you're channeling your loved one for yourself, you might not need them at all. You might just get wave after wave. It might be easier for your loved one to channel that way towards you. The reason this came up You know by now my husband, Harry, who uh, is is my partner in crime and wrangler and who, you know, typed that book a million times. So we we had a, a rough year physically, and we've both been reset. And I know all through the years, you know, yeah, I'm the big mouth who channels and I talk a lot, but whenever I can't see the forest for the trees, he's the one who just, bingo, there it is, boom. He doesn't think he channels. So we're in a kind of vulnerable state and we have some scary stuff coming up. And and vulnerability, man, is it a great way to either uh, notice the many ways you pull back and want to be defended or you can just uh, go with it. And we happen to have um, in our life so much loving support and, um, and and I've been really conscious of trying to break old habits of, you know, oh, we can do this or we're so strong and all that stuff, and and asking for help both in body and out of body. And this vulnerability, it's interesting because Harry, like so many other people, he grew up in what he refers to now as, in, and loving, yes, but an emotional vacuum. There are so many parents who bring up children who love them, who want them, and have trouble bonding and sometimes you know maybe it's their behavior maybe it isn't at all maybe it's something that you know they can't really help in our situation harry's parents were both in concentration camps and they were relocated to germany where his brother was born harry was born after they came to this country and so they had trouble bonding they were able to be with people that had gone through similar circumstances but we found and and I've done reading way back I remember people telling me that people who were brought up by people who had to run where there was genocide or alcoholic parents or if there's a toxicity or if it's a mental illness you know if a parent is a narcissist if something is going on it's it's really hard obviously for that kid to really feel out their emotion and, of course, they become, depending on the circumstances, so accommodating. They become chameleons so they, they can help um, suppressing their own emotion if they find it's disturbing somebody else. You know you know the drill. There are a lot of ways we learn about this stuff. And it feels like what's going on with us is, you know, for Harry, and it's been happening for me too, and I think for a lot of us, um, we're all vulnerable. There's been a pandemic, um, there's war, war going on, and our planet is is having issues, and, you know, we're feeling vulnerable, maybe for personal reasons, maybe for broader reasons, and that opens us up, you know. Time is not linear. The things that, you know, we hope we can do and that we want to do, when when we start getting older and it feels like, oh, maybe we don't have as much time as we thought, or we start thinking in terms of years and decades instead of 30 or 40-year increments we shift we start to change and for harry and i i think it's been a lifetime of integrating and learning how to be people just like everybody else in our own patterns but also integrating this channeling thing because this has been going on and been part of our lives you know and it's fascinating so this morning how did today's topic come in i never know what we're going to talk about i take direction i can think up all the things i want to think and i can think up all the words in my head that i want That's very nice, and then they laugh at me, and a whole bunch of people gather, and a whole bunch of kids, and they go, we're talking about this. But earlier today, Harry talked about that he keeps getting this wave, this emotional wave, and he's realizing that there's a correlation with what he's feeling with somebody. Like our friend Michaela, our friend's daughter, who comes in and, and will channel, you know, a couple of times, he said, oh, she's going to be coming in and talking today, and there she was. Um, her mom reminded me the other day, I'd forgotten about this, because again, channeling things I tend to not remember, even if they're social things. We were in a card store, and I wanted to get a card f- for Michaela's mom, Carrie, who's spoken with, with, with Dad and, and has done this podcast with us, um, Carrie and Johnny. And before I could even look at the cards, we were looking for a card, and, and it happens that Carrie's birthday is the anniversary of Harry and my first date. And um, he picked up a card, and I just see out of the corner of my eye, he holds it, and then he holds it to his chest. And he said, "Uh, Michaela picked this card. And she reminded me, and both Harry and I had forgotten, it's like, that was channeled. It was an emotional channeling. It translated into something physical. But he didn't even notice he was doing it. And frankly, I, I didn't even remember. And it's interesting. That Michaela, she's been working with him. It's really kind of fun. She came in, and a whole bunch of our other pals, Connor, came in. Connor has a crush on Michaela. If Michaela shows up, he's going to show up. Yes, they do fall in love, and they pal around with each other. Something very, very important to share that Harry brought up this morning, and we'll talk about that more another day, it feels like, unless they really want to elaborate on it now. All the things that we worry about them missing, you know, Carrie, Michaela's mom, said we always dreamt that we hoped that we'd see her get married, experience with her as she has children. It's, it's yeah, it's a heartbreak. When we have a child, it's, oh, God, the roadmaps that we would like to, of course, of course, it's, it's humanity. Of course, we're supposed to do that. And the thing is that then it seems like the grief part of it is that they won't get to have those things. And what they want to tell us over and over is they do get to have those things. And when they come through, they like to share those things. One family I channel for, and their son Todd, oh my God, is he a mischief maker? And uh, you know, it's really interesting because he's right here. And he was a young adult. Well, he says not so young. He was a a young, close to middle-aged adult when he went out of body. And his parents always hoped he would settle down. Well, you know what? In the past few years, he has. And it happens to be somebody that he knew of here in the physical plane. And she's out of body. And they've been palling around. And you know what? They wanted a channeling time so that they could ask for the blessing of the parents because they want that. Whether or not we're privy to it, whether or not you're conscious of it, they're doing those things. The tragedy for us in the human body is that we don't get to see it. So the more, again, it's an oxymoron, the more we hug and hold that physical plane and rejoice in it, dance in it, eat yummy things in it, wail away if we're not okay and wail away if we are, the more we do that, the higher our vibration, the more we can have that experience with them where they can share these things. Now, these parents who are privy to this, who are invited and fully cognizant now and channeling him all the time, and they have fun because he says he keeps upping the ante and he uses that word on purpose like like a poker game, is that, um, you know, they went from pennies from heaven to nickels from heaven to quarters from heaven, and, you know, it's like he's working on 20s now. There's a lot of fun to be had. Does it replace what it is that we thought we were going to have? How can, you know, I can't address that. I mean, maybe some people can, some can't. I, I Those are words. <laughs> they just said, yeah, the reason, the kids out there are saying, the reason I can't address it, words would be diminishing, wouldn't they? Words would be smaller than anything you feel. I saw a picture of a beautiful sculpture I think it's, yeah, maybe, I can't remember where, I don't think it's in this country, but it was the grief of a parent. And it was a human structure sitting on a bench. Maybe you've seen it. I think it's gone around the internet. The person is sitting on a bench and their head is hanging down and looking through. Their body is a big open hole. And their, their head is hanging down looking through that hole. That that kind of gets it across, at least to, to me. When I look at that, it's like, yeah, I, you know, um, there aren't words to talk about it. And and that's why we need, God, do we need, we need, we need wordsmiths, yeah, but we need the artists, and we need the dancers. And God, oh God, do we need the musicians. I found myself talking again about John Batiste. There's a great sequence of four songs. I think I, I've mentioned it a few times, but If you're scraping yourself off the floor, um, John Batiste's song, Cry, and he's had personal challenges with health with his loved ones. Um, it, it It was the most descriptive song of helplessness, but helping, helping to get, when we get back to that grief part, we have to honor the grief, and we have to look, allow our, what helps our energy to go up? Crying and carrying on. So we have to do that. Talking to other people, even if it isn't, you know, the words can't describe it, maybe it could trigger us. But those movies that make us cry and those statues that make us cry and the songs that can resonate with us makes us realize how we're not alone. If somebody is looking that way and it speaks to you through the hollowness of their entire being, if that speaks to your soul, oh my God, so beyond words. Music is beyond words, even when there are words. So the song Cry is the first one. Then the other one is um, the, the next song. The sequence I like to do is then It's All Right. You know, I think it was in the movie Soul. And, and it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Which is what, you know, Titnaton and Eckhart and uh, all the avatars and all the, wise, the Weisenheimers, you know, be present, be present. It's so funny. I I often think I know the next sentence, and then it just stops. And what they're doing right now with me is they stopped my words. Right now, I had a whole bunch of them. I felt them coming up, and now they're gone. Ah, go with that. Go with that. And the next two songs, Freedom, and I can't remember the other one right now, but they're the two really popular ones. Um, Freedom is he's in New Orleans dancing around, and the other one... Um, you know, look for them on YouTube. It's the one where they're jumping in and out of the photograph. Boy, can those lift you up. They took away my words. And it's interesting because we rely on words. And I think once in a while, it's really important. Cat got your tongue, frog in your throat, all of those things. Because what you feel is beyond words. And what I'm feeling is beyond words. And I wish with all my heart, always that everyone could see and hear what I what I see and hear. But I realize now as I'm getting older and younger people are coming in and, and older people too are coming to the channeling with waves and waves of emotion, not worrying about words. And they think I'm all, you know, oh, she's all that, she gets words. I believe they're shooting like rockets in good ways of expansion And channeling that energy and imagery and emotion beyond the words. So if I'm channeling and once in a while they yank the words, I have to be reminded, and we all do, that they're just tools. Don't let the lack of words think that you have a limitation because you don't. And this leads up to what happened to us today with Harry Harry said, you know, and and at the moment we're just, we're in a situation where, you know, it might be too much information, but we need to keep him calm, and we're checking his blood pressure, and just, you know, we're staying zen until some procedures are done, and, and I really feel we're protected and okay. So he's sitting there, and we're just trying to relax, and all of a sudden he gets really emotional, and he said, it's, I feel it like a wave, I feel it like a wave, but that's not channeling, I don't get words like you do. I feel it like a wave. And then I could feel two young guys, I think they were teenagers, you know. um, I channeled them, oh, a year or two ago um, when I was working with helping parents heal, you know, in a group setting. And I don't know their families personally or socially, like, um, you know, Connor and Michaela, we've gotten to know their parents, and when we're hanging out, the kids are hanging out. Um, taught as well. And um, so these two kids, I, I didn't know that way, other than the facilitator finding um, the moms to get their faces up on, on the Zoom, because there were way more people, you know, in, in the hundreds, I believe, in terms of getting them up on the Zoom to see them. and And one of them pushed the other one forward. And I heard the one who was pushing the other one forward, saying he really needs to talk to his mom, and he's not pushy, and all the loud kids are getting, you know, it's like the, 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 the squeaky wheel, and I'm really pushing him, and I could be loud, but he really needs to talk to his mom, and his mom needs to know. And then the kids started talking, and the mom, it's really interesting because, of course, I don't remember the words that the kid said to his mom, and he's right here, and he says, yeah, we don't need to remember that. That was personal. But what was really exciting was that the mom said, oh, my God, his friend is out there, and that was their dynamic in life. The other kid was more aggressive, he would, you know, and he was always pushing my son to say his piece and to not be afraid, and he always had his back. And that relationship continued. So these two kids, I feel them come right up next to me as Harry's talking about this. And then Harry says, people need to know that the relationships continue. This past week, I happened to channel for a family where one son I had channeled years ago. When I started channeling for them, I could feel that they were two. And they didn't tell me, I could feel they were brothers, but they were like really trying to keep that vague. And so one of them talked and talked and talked. And then the other one said, and I'm the brother and I've been out here. In other words, I'm not even, it's, it's, It's interesting. They aligned it in such a way that the one who was more recently out there could have the support of his brother, but not the influence so that he could just talk to his mama. And then they started talking about how they're affecting each other, how they're helping each other, how that relationship continues to give them strength and help unravel some of the things they went through with their mom, with their dad, and that they're not in that place of angst anymore, and they're hoping that their mom can be with them not in that place of angst because if she's grieving where they were and they're no longer doing that, yes, she has to grieve what happened, yes, of course. And even for a time, what what happened emotionally, yes, of course. But it's like that song, stuck in a moment when you can't get out of it. If you stay in that moment, you're honoring that moment of grief. Yes, that needs to be honored and released, but released is the key because these kids are no longer in those moments. And they're honoring where they are now and they're trying to help that mama know what that is for them. Can they do it on the physical plane? And 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 bring her those things physically? No. But emotionally, they can have Is it second fiddle? Yeah, it is it isn't the way we wanted it. We wanted a lifetime. Yeah. Of course, of course. The kids are all out there saying, we're not stupid. And we know you're not stupid. We want what we want, and we're physical beings right here. But if they're no longer in the physical and they're spiritual beings, they need us as much as we need them. And that doesn't mean you're failing them by not talking to them all the time. No, because those are words. It goes the other way, too. They love hearing from us. They love being told goodnight. And these kids who are like, you know, like, like, like Mr. Well, <laughs> the one, the one who's right here, of these two brothers, is like, hey, I'm, I'm like Mr. Macho. You don't need to, you know. He's telling his mother how important it is that he hears good night and gets a kiss from his mom at night. Is she worried about getting it right words wise? Uh, yeah, likely she said that, but these kids weren't worried at all because she sends out her love, and isn't that everything? Isn't that everything? You know, we love each other here when we're all on earth and things get convoluted and then we're worried about this and then we have transference and our mother said this and what, what about that pattern here, what pattern there? We're all learning, we're all expanding, we're all growing. And we use our words as, as to soothe and we use them as weapons. Energetically we do that too. But the kindness and energy of love it's beyond the words it's bigger than the words so i use words as a package to deliver them and you know what it looks like and this image has come through before it looks like a giant hourglass picture all these kids they're standing next to me and i feel you know the energy coming through my brain and it's almost coming through like like a um what do you call it they're not giving me the word. The thing, the the um, the hour thing, the the you turn it upside down. They're playing with me. They're not giving me the word. You know what? y'all know. It looks like an hourglass. <laughs> they just started laughing and going, see, she got all worked up because we took away the word. What is it? She's trying to describe something to you how it works. She's using words. The words can't describe it. So take a deep breath and feel it. Feel the energy coming through your head, coming into you like a wave. Take a breath. Feel the love of those you love. They're hugging you. They know that you're doing this right now. You know, they're with you in real time. They travel at the speed of thought. Maybe you were in a crappy mood earlier and you put on this podcast and you're still in a cruddy mood. Just take a breath. They're hugging you. You just called them in. It's like playing telephone. If you're aligned to communicate with them, they get that alignment. Just take a breath. And instead of thinking about the word hourglass, which I was trying so hard to get the image across, ah, all well, that love is coming in. And it gets narrowed down by our own intention to turn it into something we can repeat. I can't wait to go tell so-and-so. I could feel so-and-so and he hugged me. Oh my God, I could feel that. He just showed me. I could feel a bird just came. Even as we are looking to channel, we're doing what we did, as we go back to the image that we talked about, babies coming in, who full throttle are communicating energetically and we with them. We are tickling them, we are singing to them, we are rubbing bellies if we carry them and and sending it if somebody else is carrying them. Energy is the language. And then they come in, and all that love is pouring out. But most of that communication isn't words. But when they're words, aren't we just, ooh, those words are so filled with love. But they're still tools of communication. Don't get bogged down in the tools. Don't get, but these tools are wonderful. And and we'll talk more and more about the toolkit. How do we help? How do we learn how to decipher? Oh, put it on shuffle and they'll play the song. How should we ask the question? How should we... Those, that's a lot of brain talk. That's a lot of words. So what we're doing is recognizing our need for words, our discernment, how many times, oh my God, I love it because our, our kids like to, you know, Sarah especially, our daughter would turn to the cat and say, use your words, and it just cracks us up. Because how many times as kids were we told to use our words when we didn't have the right words to convey how we feel? Even now we don't usually. Really think about it. Words are a much smaller package of so much more. So you don't have a limitation because you're not getting words. Back to Harry, he's saying, I'm not channeling, but I'm getting wave after wave, and whenever I say something, I get this thing. And then he said something wonderful, he said, and it feels like a confirmation. If we get out of our brains trying to think we're doing a good job enough, We can have that. Now here's the thing. If we picture ourselves as that hourglass and it's pouring in, it's happening to you right now, and then you make it small enough, concise enough, so that you have a sound bite, something you can talk about, something you can share. Again, that's what you learned coming in. All the joy, trying to make the words when the baby's looking at at somebody they love or at the kitty or at the dogging, ah, ah. Trying to, but there are no words. Words never were big enough. So when we think about channeling, think about how words are, boy, are they a powerful tool, but they're also a constriction. So think of it now. Take a deep breath. Let your shoulders fall back. Let your heart come forward. Relax your gut and just think of love pouring through you all the way through. Notice your hands. Notice the soles of your feet. You're grounded, and yet you're connected. Love that old Casey Kasem. If you're old like me, um, you remember Casey Kasem? He was a DJ, and uh, we thought it was so cool. He was a California DJ, and we were in Massachusetts. Now we're here. He's a local guy now to us, even though oh, he's a local guy because he's out of body, and he can come and visit. Um, But he would always say, and I'm sorry if I, I misquote you, but keep your feet on the ground and your head in the stars. (laughs) <laughs> That's us, and just those words, I feel a release of just emotion. I'm not worrying about getting it right because I worry about that. I do. I I I want to represent well, and I have a joke. I don't say it anymore because you know sometimes we joke in ways that we don't need to. But you know the scene in airplane where everybody's lined up to. Um, uh, the The lady who's going wild, and they're all lining up to like hit her on the head. One has a baseball bat, one has. And I figure when I get out of body, they're, they're going to be lined up as you misquoted me and you said the wrong word, and now I don't worry about that anymore. Because you know what? I know my intention is aligned, and here's another thing I really know, and and it happens here and there. They don't make mistakes. I can. I I'm interpreting. And, and I, I'm a human, I'm in my body, if I malaprop, and if I say it's really interesting, because I think part of our evolution is, you know, the evolvement of who we are. So when I was a kid, I would hear male energy, female energy, we have to balance it out. And now there's so many people who are balancing it out within themselves to help heal us, and, and changing our pronouns are changing. There's a lot going on. To broaden things out so that we're not thinking, you know, there's, there's a lot going on around it for a lot of reasons, but a lot of it is so that our thinking won't be so constricted. And they're laughing out there, a lot of kids saying, so our verbiage won't be so constricted, we're learning new ways to speak, so we could be more inclusive. And I notice in my channeling, it's like, oh, you know, I I won't say, oh, it feels like you have a son out there. Now I'll say, oh, I feel like there's a person and and it's male energy. And then the next thing is, oh, it isn't about male-female energy. It's about, oh, they have this energy where they're putting their hands on their hips and they have something to say and they feel that they're righteous about it but in a way that can help others. Even I've had to decondition from the wording that was presented to me when I was a kid. Oh, and my kids love to do it and I'm grateful. i I don't want to be trapped in that but in the same way that we get trapped in so many ways with our thinking and take it for granted we know what it represents but it might not currently represent how people are saying those same words words can be misleading words can be gifts words can hurt us words can follow us words can do all kinds of things they can crack us open so we grow But words are representing what's going on for us emotionally. And make no mistake, you know those words because you were taught them. Do you think when you were out of body you forgot language? No, of course you didn't. When I channel somebody, people ask if somebody speaks another language, will you have a problem? No, I think it's really fun. I'll rely more on energy. I'll actually hear somebody out there interpreting, and I'll sometimes get words I can repeat of the language. Sometimes not, depends on how comfortable and fast I'm going. But it's lovely because it's a reminder that it's energy. And if anything, I'm flowing with the energy more than the words. It's really lovely. But that's our birthright and our going out of body spirit right. It's our soul right. Our soul communicates with energy. It communicates with love. The most important moments in your life, if it, it were probably without words. And if there were words spoken, it was probably the feeling after you heard those words when you embrace or whatever's going on. Integrate it. Honor the words because they're part of what we need in the physical. But don't give them a crown. They're a tool, and boy, are they a great tool. Harry's a word guy. It cracks me up. We have three kids, and I believe they're all better writers than I, and 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 a bunch of them, you know, some of them are writing and getting their stuff, you know, doing it. And it, and it cracks me up that here I am with, with stuff to say when they're, when they're much better writers. But Harry, being a word guy, and he's one of these guys that if you show him something, he wants to edit. He'll get the tone of it. He'll understand it. But he wants to edit. His brain is wired that way. What a blessing I'm understanding in our vulnerability that he doesn't have to let go of that intellectual thing. Maybe part of it is just letting go of some of the brain structures anyway. But the wave after wave and the recognition of what it is and his knowing that it carries content, he can put the words to it maybe, but affirmation, confirmation, I can feel it now. And it's very emotional when he gets it. And if you haven't channels with me in person, or if you have with other people in person who might work in similar ways, you know we all are different in how we do it. I, I always feel the person or people I'm channeling. I can feel them right near, people, but they right right by my side. But they travel at the speed of thought, and they are literally with the person, especially if we're doing it long distance or if we're doing it in a different time. Think about it this way. We're recording this right now in real time. You're hearing this later. Your loved one is wrapped around you in real time, even though he was here telling me what to tell you. Yes, there's a lot of group speak going on, there's a lot of intention going on. They're aligned with you. Group speak, yes. To help all, if you're listening, there's a group thing happening. They're aligning with you. I'm channeling words, but they're channeling energy. They're channeling energy. Something just happened. It was really interesting. We're sitting in my office, and um, apparently a car just turned around outside, and I have my eyes closed while I'm doing this. I just got such bright flashes in my eyes. Somebody made a U-turn where they shouldn't, but managed to catch the sun just right. The flares, the insights those are there, and they help us with them. The signs just now that flare in my eyes that's a sign was it words no, no words, all the birdies and um i'm I'm told to say elephants because i i our daughter's working with elephants, not working with them, but ta- discussing and 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 helping people understand the elephants lately at the um, animal you know, the safari park. It's funny, just the things that are coming in, you know, they're so conscious. You think they don't feel your energy when you're hanging out with them? When you go and watch and and you, and and you know those little baby elephants? They're looking at the kids and they want to play. Again, there are all these things out there if you want to watch them, that if they were children, you know, where, where there's, you know, where there are animals, the animals come when they hold up a paw. They're not trying to, maybe they're trying to jump and bite. Maybe, maybe we had a dog like that Main goal in life, wanted to eat a kid. Never did. But, you know, we might think of wild animals. But you know what? They have that playful energy. Little lions, little tigers, they're playful. Energy. Think of all the animal energy. Think of your energy. They're having me stumble over words because they want to take them away. Take a deep breath. Allow yourself to feel. Harry's a wordsmith. Today he said the emotion went beyond words. And as he was talking about the words that came in after, they were the words of those two young men, who I haven't channeled in a couple of years, and we don't know them socially. We'll mine. we do this when we don't know we're doing it. I'm there telling Harry, yeah, you channel, and he's like, but I don't have words. I think we're all doing this so that all of us, myself included, can learn how to expand how to honor, and just understand that really what's coming through is love. Love, love, love. And we are running towards it. We're allowing it. We're still grieving that's out of love. Whatever your balance is, don't turn your back on your grieving, but don't turn your back on the joy. And don't worry so much, because your heart has got this, and your soul knows what to do. You don't need instruction. You don't. As what, what I learned from Harry this morning is it's relaxing the mind and all the instruction is there. And then you learn you've been doing it all along. You've got this. Until next time. Remember, they're past yet present and boy, are you present. And they're present with you right now. Thank you for sharing this energy in space. Together, we collaborate raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of Love is Greater Than Pain, and you can find me at marilyncap.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present.